This is Recovery Revolution Live. The episode you're about to listen to is live and unedited. If you'd like to join us on the live stream, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook.com slash Recovery Revolution 100 or search Recovery Revolution Live on YouTube. What's hey up, guys what's going on how are you guys doing we're here we are here yeah it's been an interesting week in my in my world how's that there red beard well i was at my grandfather's funeral yesterday uh and then some other exciting news that uh is not public yet that you announced it on air uh no i'm not gonna do that this week christy would kill you maybe next week maybe next week or two i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens okay okay does ag know i called her now she was she was in the hospital oh i was in the hospital so no i have not i have not told her i can guess though now He's going to shave off the beard. Mm-hmm. Look like so do you guys know what Sunday is since I'm the only woman on here? It's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. Hey, Joanna. Hey, Dayton Strong Recovery 101 in the house. And today's Joanna Cinco de Vance, Mayo. Future politician. Yeah. What's up, Joanna? Happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and if you're watching or listening and you're not out, you know, celebrating, we're happy to have you. That's right. Yeah. I'm probably going to grab a taco after after we get off of here. I didn't even think about tacos. Why didn't I think about tacos? Oh, Joanna was just in Florida. I wonder what she was doing out there. She was working. We are waiting on Randy Grimes to make his appearance. He's fashionably late. He is a Grimes, so we kind of expected that. Well, and it could have been my fault. He could have been here at 745, and none of us were here at 745 when we said, to, so he, maybe he thought we weren't showing up, too. That is true. That is true. But we are people in recovery, so. We are always late. <laughs> JR is not always late. Yeah, I'm early. Brett's never late either. I was almost late. Nachos again. Chrissy says, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, no nachos for you, buddy." Come on. We had nachos last night. Now she wants nachos again for Cinco de Mayo. Give it to her. My vote is she gets nachos. Yeah, we had uh, tortas and soft tacos here, so I, I I did my part. I kind of forgot it was Cinco de Mayo. We had we had lunch today at work, and we went to Genghis Grill. So I have not been in the oh, Cinco de Mayo Grill. festivities today. That is one thing that I miss about Texas. They don't have them in Florida? Not that I know of. I didn't realize it was a regional restaurant. Hasn't made its way they, this way yet. I wonder where they started. I'm about to look it up. So, Ashley, are you excited about Mobilize Recovery? Oh. Should I? I don't like to lie. 
I'm kind of disappointed and I will tell you why, because I feel like as a recovery community, this year has been very hard and we've lost a lot of people and I feel like I'm, I'm grateful that they're celebrating and they're going to bring it to a lot of people. And I think that that's great. And that's what, you know, their mission is, but I just feel as sad as an individual because I believe like we needed to be together this year. Yeah. I was hoping to do a live stream from Vegas this year, but I, I am kind of glad they are taking a bus, you know, uh, nationwide, stopping in uh, select cities, offering uh, workshops to the masses, which would be good. I hope they do stop in Charleston. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to miss the camaraderie of Vegas because we had a blast last year. And burrito and two soft tacos. <laughs> That's we an need, appetizer. We need to have a reunion. 212 <laughs> Is that your wedding? That is my, our wedding. Hmm. Joanna says it's supposed to be back in Vegas next year. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I didn't get a chance to hang out with everybody. I wish it was longer, if that's possible. I mean, I would love, love to go out each night with a different group just to hang out. And I'd like to get my RRL crew in the house. Yeah, that that's something that the, that the people watching at home probably don't know. But, I mean, you two met at Mobilize, but... I've never met any of you in person or Carl. So that's kind of interesting that we've been doing this show for a while and the majority of us have never met each other. I've met JR. But that's that's the only those are the only you two are the only ones that have met each other. Neither oh. have met me or Carl in person. Well, I know JR is real. I am oh, I know real. he's real. I can see him. I'm very authentic. I'm a upholder, <laughs> according to Carl's test. Yeah. We, that's crazy that we were all something different, isn't it? I'm like there was five. four of us and all four of us were something different. Yeah. Hey, Belton, South test? Carolina in the house. I don't know where that is at in South Carolina. Shame on me. I'm down in Charleston. But also, I looked it up. Genghis Grill started in Dallas, Texas. So, just throw them there you go. There. So you See, one good thing comes out of Texas. Texas. Right. The, the same guy that started Genghis Grill also started Witch Witch. I've never heard of either one of those. It's a sandwich shop. It's, it's all right. I'm a big fan of sandwiches. Sandwiches. I'm not a sandwich fan, except for Publix subs. Publix subs, where it's at. Publix, yeah. Publix, Publix has the best deli. Boar's head? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I was talking to someone yesterday and they didn't know what a Publix sub was. And I was like, they're like, is it Jimmy John's? Is it like Subway? I was like, don't curse like that. I've never had one. Yeah, Carl's been kind of MIA today. I don't even think he's called me. Yeah. Yeah. As long as he doesn't call me at like ten thirty at night, I'm like, dude, I'm already <laughs> sleeping, man. 
That's old timers need a rest. I don't think he understands how time zones work either. <laughs> but he's pretty. He's pretty. <laughs> he's bougie. <clears throat> it's a small town next to Anderson, South Carolina. Okay. Okay. I was just in uh, Andrews for a uh, Chief Buster Hatcher's uh, documentary on the Waccamaw Indian tribe. Pub sub. It's my wife drooling over a Publix sub. I've never had one. I don't Subs know. and tacos after this show. What about Uber chocolate? Eats, buddy. You know Uber Eats cake? I never, I never do Uber, Uber Eats. Yeah, I can't, I can't do I can't do it either. I'd rather driving. Oh, no, not me. That's What's my bougie-ness. You're still, this is what I don't understand. You know, we have like Jersey Mike's and uh, all these other uh, fast food joints here. And you go to pay and they're all, and when you pay and they're automatically asking for the tip before you even get your food. Mm. So I'm like, how am I supposed to judge what to tip you? Well, you don't have to do it before. You could put something in before and change it. Now you already did the card and all that. You already got your receipt. You're out. You're waiting for your sandwich then. What happens if they see, oh, you only tip me a dollar? Oh, I'm going to fix you. They'll spit in your food. You better give them a good tip. They know what they got before they give you your food. <laughs> so, Ashley, what books are you reading now? Old Timer says? Uh, no, I should. Should I? I decided today that I'm going to write my book. You're going to write your book? Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah, I'm you got, you got a burning desire to write a book? Well, when I was little, like, that's what I wanted to be when I grew up was a writer. Do it. Do it. R write a, a, a Brett and myself a part in there. We'll, we even had Carl in there at, at a later stage. Then it's got to be fictional if I put you guys in there. Well, I guess you're, I could put you in fiction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you call it as fictional? <laughs> if I was catfishing, I feel like I would choose a better face to use to catfish. <laughs> yeah. Hey, make me six foot tall and, and Brad Pittish. Yeah, I'd at least have a six pack. Yeah. Catfish is so, what, 2010? Like, now it's like swipe left or swipe right? Or is that like last year too? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Did you guys see the um, the Tinder swindler? No. Tell no. us. Oh, man. There was a guy on Tinder who was catfishing. Well, he was kind of catfishing. Um, oh, my wife said that I, that she thought I was catfishing her when we first met. How nice. Did you mean online? Yes, we did. I feel like What's so... That? I met my ex-husband online. And we didn't tell very many people. Hi, Carrie. Here's the wifey. It's hard to see her because you're in the dark. JR is live streaming from a cave. Did you meet Carrie online? We did, actually, Facebook. I'm telling you, it's like the thing now. I was looking uh, uh, to add some more recovery stories to the book, and she had posted somewhere on one of the pages. So I, she'll tell you, oh, yeah, I 
he commented and then automatically I, I, she got a, a Facebook friend request. She's thinking mm-hmm. I was uh, stalking her. I'm like, I just want your story, woman. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I am going to say that men online need to calm down a little bit. Girls do not like it when you say, hi, how are you? And then hit on them. At least act like you're interested in something in their life before you try to. All right, let's interview Carrie Smith hyphen Weaver. Okay, let's hear it. Ask us questions about how we met. I don't even know Carrie's story. It's in the book. See if you'd have read the book. I've got it right yeah, here. I just book. haven't read it yet. Well, just because you have it there does not mean you've read it. I didn't say I'd read it, but I, but I have a copy of it. That's half the battle, right? Yeah. We we had our first uh, coffee date. We, uh, it was the day after my birthday, my 35th birthday. We went to a seafood. That was a lie. We, went to we should, a, we should do we that to, game. We went to you the Crab some- Shack. She ate all her food, and she ate my leftovers. There was no way it was your 35th birthday. Well, I'm 37 now, so. No, I'm 37, and I know how much older than <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, you can't hear, can you? She can't hear. Oh, hang on. I'm looking for the story. There's so many stories. Can you hear now? Okay. Muted. So why don't you tell us something and we have to guess if it's a lie or if it's the truth. Oh, they're, we they're can't muted, hear you. You're, you're muted, JR. Somehow. Y'all look very cute together, but we can't hear you. Well, can't unmute. Their mic is not connected is what it says when I try okay. to unmute. Okay. Here's now? Yes. Yep. Okay. Hi, Ashley. Hey. So why don't you guys tell us things and we ha- we guess if it's the truth or if it's not the truth. Who do you think made the first move? JR. Carrie. JR? Yeah. First date. She was trying to kiss on me. Standing in Starbucks. Lie. It's a lie. All right. I've never met him. We went on our first date, went to Starbucks. He grabs my hand. I'm like, I don't even know this dude. I said, I like what I see. Mm-hmm. You got to work for what you see. There you go. You got to work for it. Are you working for it? Every day. Lie. Next. Definitely a lie. He needs, I, I think the biggest thing that we struggle in our relationship is balance. You know, I mean, I know he's busy doing whatever, which is great and stuff, but it's balance. You know, it's like we hardly spend quality time together, you know, so we're both learning balance in life. Well, we're in recovery. None of us know about balance. That's we're all learning about it. Let me tell you. Absolutely. But we're working on balance right now. Well, when you figure it out, please let me know, because I'll I'll need to take that class, too. Yeah, Ashley has like five jobs. Not even counting the ones for the show. The other 20 that Brett assigns her each week. Yeah, Brett assigns me. Hi, Heather. (laughs) That's Max. Is that the new dog? Here comes Bentley. Bye, 
Bye, y'all. It was so good chatting with y'all. You too. Come okay. anytime. Have a good night. Hi, Brad. Brad's going to drop some big news here soon. Tell may Brad. not do it tonight. Tell but. Brad. <laughs> yeah, not tonight. Brad. We want him to stay married. I'm so sorry for your grandfather. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Okay, I gotta get these things out. Somebody from Greenwood. Yeah, for some reason, sometimes it doesn't show the name and the G Wood in the house. Sometimes it doesn't show the the name and the picture on the live stream. But my wife has said that if she's watching on Facebook, she can see it. So I don't know why it does that. So we're not a hundred percent sure who you are, but welcome from Greenwood. Hmm. You said Facebook user. Yeah, some uh. for some I don't know if it's some. I guess it's something with Streamyard where it doesn't always show the picture because we had that. Yeah, so a few weeks ago. So I'm reading that Facebook email about them taking the podcast out. So the live streams will be okay, but it just they won't. We won't be able to share the podcast on the page. Yeah. So so basically, Facebook started their own podcast network i guess i don't know if network is the correct word but you could plug in your rss feed to yeah. to your facebook page and then when you uploaded episodes it would automatically create a post that showed the podcast on the page and then there was a little tab at the top where you could click on podcasts and you could see them so they're taking that away but we can still do the audio version of this show and my show and carl's show and etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, but we'll probably just have to go in there and like paste, copy and paste a Spotify or a, some other service, a link to the page and just post like a regular post. It won't, it won't do it automatically for us anymore. Okay. So we'll still be around on the audio only version for, for the folks that prefer that over the video version, but it won't be right there on the app in the, or on the Facebook page under the tab with the, with the podcast. I believe that was sometime at the beginning of next month. I can't remember the date, like June seventh or eighth, that they're doing away with the podcast feature. Yeah, Facebook is getting serious. They want to be in everything. Zuckerberg. They're probably watching us right now. Should we tell them our plans for the future? Mark Zuckerberg, if you're watching, leave us a comment. He doesn't care about us. Let me just tell you. <laughs> He's not. like Facebook jail for all three of y'all. No bonds. I've never been in really Facebook jail. Yeah, they've uh I've 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 done hard time in Facebook jail, so really it's tough. It's tough. Did, did you think about writing your second memoir from Facebook jail? <laughs> How did you feel about that when you were there? Like was yeah, it sucked because it would let you post, but you couldn't comment or on anything. Or I'm like, they got the different degrees of, of Facebook jail. I was sort of like a repeat offender because I, I used to be uh, a little bit out there. Really, I could have never guessed. <laughs> you and Randy Anderson. Yeah, Balance. Are you in jail together? Facebook jail. Um, I don't think we knew each other back then. Uh, we've, I've only known Randy for a few years now since I sobered up. So he probably, we weren't probably friends back then. This was all priest, priest recovery. 
You were in Facebook jail pre-recovery? Yeah. Facebook's been around that long? Facebook's been around for a long time. I had one. Wait, how long do you got, how long do you have? I know Brett Ow. has the most time out of all of us. On Facebook? No. Oh. If it was pre if it was pre-recovery, I'm trying to guess the the time. Oh, I'll have five years in November. Okay. So Brett's got the longest, then I'm the second longest, and you're the third. Okay. So you're the baby recovery. Yeah, yeah, I'm the baby. I'm the youngest one on the show. So the youngest, the oldest person youngest, on the show. Uh, youngest, oldest. Yeah, Janine uh, couldn't believe that I was like uh, 42. 30s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lie. Yeah, I enjoyed doing the uh, interview with her on that uh, chasing hair heroin. Is she? Are, have we made any kind of announcements about anything? Are we still working out details? Uh, uh, thank you, Greg. Thanks for the shout out, buddy. Yeah, we have a big announcement. You want to say it, Greg? Go ahead. You're, you're the uh, executive director. Oh, oh. Ooh, you got a title. I have a title now. I just yeah, that's Ashley, a big announcement. Ashley's actually on the board. Oh, yeah. Another board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. another board. I'm going to have to talk to you after the show about my... My paychecks, I haven't been receiving them uh, since oh, I started. Oh, here. I've been I've been emailing them oh, oh, every okay. couple weeks, man. Okay, I'll, I'll check my. my they were sent to the there. wrong address. It, that's Brett with an A, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a paycheck that's negative. It means you need to donate to the oh, cause. Oh, oh, yeah, that that's definitely in the spam folder. But we'll talk about that at the next board meeting about okay. getting you a paycheck. Okay. <laughs> yeah, see? There you get Yeah. So actually that means actually Ashley's your boss now. So Oh, okay. <laughs> they, we're, we're gonna put funds in on RL R live. Yeah. So back to the announcement that we were kind of teasing. So Janine from the Chasing Heroin podcast. Uh, had JR on, on her show and it just came out a couple days ago and they've been talking and she is going to join the Recovery Revolution page and she's going to be doing her own live videos. We don't know what day or time yet, but she's going to be joining the lineup of live live recovery shows. So that's exciting news. <laughs> Make me feel like back in the sorority days. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the the snapping thing. Let's just let's, gonna... let's roll that back. Let's talk about the sorority days. Uh, so what what did... <laughs> what would you like to know? Looks like it was all uh, big parties and stuff like that, right? <laughs> Sometimes um, I lived in a sorority house for a semester, and it wasn't as fun as it sounds. Good stories. Good stories. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I once found a dildo underneath my pillow. <laughs> no lie. It's the truth. I'd be a little worried. Yeah. I, was, I got a phone call from my roommate and asked if they could sleep in my bed. And I was like, 
fly and they had a bunch they just come back from like being away or something they had a bunch of clothes on their bed and they didn't feel like cleaning it off and so i was like sure whatever son came back after the weekend <laughs> yeah and there's the dildo wasn't any my pillow oh so she brought a friend <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't bring a friend. I wish she would have brought a friend versus leaving <laughs> her tool. <laughs> all right. All right. We're going to get a, a rated R version of this show tonight. Yeah, there wasn't pillow fights in our PJs, but there was still those. Okay. Well. Yeah, Zuckerberg's going to shut us down. <laughs> No, if you guys were talking about dildos under your pillow from your roommates, maybe, but Zuckerberg likes my stories. Okay. All right. No. Whatever you say. <laughs> I've never been in Facebook jail. There you're. Better not <laughs> knock on wood. Jinx. <laughs> if you don't hear from me for a couple of days, I'm in Facebook jail. Hey, how cool it would be! How cool would it be if Carl called in on that number? Would we be able to patch him in on air? Uh, we couldn't do it that way, but if he called my cell phone, I could put it, I could put it through. That'd be cool. You know what we should do, since we're kind of, you know, stalling. Who who that's watching would want to be brought in? Yeah, that's be able good. to tell some stuff. I can't, or be interviewed. The, I can't even see the thread. I switch over to Facebook, but it screws up my phone. Oh, I you got on a phone? phone? I got a phone right here, yeah. If somebody messages that they want to come in, we can send them the link to be yeah, able to yeah. come in. Where's Heather at? She's <laughs> been in the comments all night. So, who wants to be brought in? Let's hear it. Should I just put the link in the chat and then we can just see what happens? Um, let's see if uh, take a volunteer and see who's on the thing. Right? Hang on, I'm almost there. Almost there. I'm looking at it. The and link I don't in see. the comments and see what happens. Yeah, you do that. Oh, that was Justin Barker from uh, Greenwood. Huh? See, that's what I'm saying. I don't know why sometimes. Oh, Heather, Heather, she's not ready. Not today. Well. We'll be nice to you when you're ready. I promise. We've got you. Yeah. I wasn't ready when they made me do it either. You were ready. You just didn't know you were ready. Okay. Of course, that first interview was rough. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> now you tell me. It was Ashley's first interview. I don't even want to say. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which one her first one was. Was it male or female? Female. Give me some hints. I think she was oh, from New I York. think I know who it was. <laughs> oh, was that, that wasn't first? that wasn't? No, I don't know. That wasn't my I don't fault. I think though. that was your. I don't think that was your first. Was that? Was it? I don't think so. I think I know that one of like second or third was bipolar Barbie. Really? Wow. I feel like you've been on the show longer. Not that long. Time flies. When is it? Was, I need to know when the one year anniversary of this show is. We should find that out too. It was we Christmas started, break. It's Christmas That's, break. So. That I started, remember, it was like because I had class on the day you guys had 
the show. Oh, yeah, and then we, we moved the date. Mm-hmm. Chrissy. Uh, yes. She's agreeing that it was a rough one, too. Do, where are you where are you reading her comments? Is she on YouTube? Oh no, it says right there. Where you see where it says private chat and comments over there? Kick comments. And it says that oh, was a rough yeah. one. September thirteenth was our first live stream. Yeah, it wasn't with Jeff Vickers. I bet you my first one was around Thanksgiving. And I think I went to class maybe a week or two. So and then... I think the episode that mm-hmm. we are talking about and not saying was December 20th. Does that sound right? It does sound about right. Okay, then that it's might have been my third. first episode. Think? I, th- I, th- I think I faked an injury and I was like, AG, I can't go on. I need you to tag in. Because we had David Barnes on. Let's see, December 6th was David Barnes. He was a fill-in for somebody that no-showed. Oh, yeah, whatever happened to her? I haven't heard back from her. I sent her a couple messages. And then we had Nicole Curtis on the 13th. I wasn't on that one. And then we had, let's see, it keeps moving me back to the top when I head back. We had Martha Duke on the 20th and then we had the one and only carl fessenden he was on let's see what day was that he was on the 27th was i on when carl was i think i i don't you were you were because i I wasn't there i caught it the next day driving yeah see this this is the thing that jr has these plans and he doesn't tell everybody Jeez. his whole plans. So he tells me I'm covering for him because he's got X, Y, and Z going on. Then he tells Brett that he's doing an experiment to see if it gets more listeners having a girl and a guy. And then he forgets that me and Brett could talk too. Like we have mouths. So then we hear this stuff. So JR, what was your real plan now that you're on the hot seat? Well, it's really... I mean, it was a, it was sort of an experiment, but I knew what you was were capable of. So, and I knew you kind of needed that that little push. So, and you really came through. I mean, I, you've been shining ever since. I mean, first couple of episodes might have been a little hard, but you've really, you know, your confidence just soared through the roof, and that's what it was all about. It was bringing, making, letting you shine. I'm a genius. Go ahead and say it. You're a genius. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. But I am serious. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And look at you now. How many? Yeah, look- how many podcasts have you been a guest on at this point? Probably the same amount as you. Really. No, you probably have more than me. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know. I'd have to look. Let me I've been on the recovery I survey. List. I have a list. I don't keep a list. This one, um, Carl's, um, Kiss, um, it's bad when you don't remember the names of them. So there's at least five.
And I have a feeling that you're going to end up doing Janine's once she joins the Recovery Revolution family. Oh, you have a feeling? I do. I have a feeling. A strange feeling. I need to get more of the admins on my show. Yeah. Yeah. Get them, get them man. I know Asa would that's listening, do it. Definitely like do it. Heather in the comments. Chrissy. Chrissy, yeah, Chrissy too. Let's see, since we have... Do you guys have any good Mother's Day stories, at least? Good Mother's Day stories? Yeah. Or, or give, like... Um, no. What do you respect so. the most about your wife as a mom, Brett? Oh, oh, that's a good question. I'm going to get you some bonus points today. I appreciate it, especially since we know that she's watching live. Right. And if I answer wrong, you're going to hear a scream from the other room, and I'm, I'm just going to disappear. Like, Don't dig yourself a hole. I'm giving you the opportunity to, to earn some points. Take them. I will take those points. Um, man, that's a tough question. I think just seeing how, oh, she said, choose wisely. No pressure at all. I think just seeing how she handles just the day-to-day -day ups and downs of having a of child, you know, of, of raising another human being. Um, I'm sure that it gets monotonous at times because she's a stay-at-home mom and I get to go to work and be around other people and go different places. You know, my job is going from place to place to place. So I'm always on the move and in different environments. And she's in the same spot all the time with the same tiny person all the time. Um, so I'm sure that that gets pretty old. And I really respect that, you know, she can maintain her composure and continue to show up every day and take care of our our tiny baby and try to just watching how she works with her you know trying to teach her things and you know trying to teach her how to walk and talk and just all those little small things that we don't really think about you know like i don't think about 30 years ago my mom teaching me how to walk or how to talk you know it's just some of those things that we just do we don't even think about but you know somebody had to teach us those things you know somebody had to teach me how to read and write and you know like basic functions and i don't i don't really think about that when i go to do those things so just knowing that she is doing those things every day and you know keeping our daughter safe and making her food and making sure she's you know taking care of her needs it's uh it's it's impressive it is impressive well i think that's a great thing that you mentioned because stay-at-home moms get the short end of the stick sometimes because people think oh well they're not working they're not providing they're not contributing but i stayed at home for a little bit i'm going to tell you my five jobs are way easier than being a stay-at-home mom <laughs> and I'm great. I got, it's, it was very depressing for me to just, you can't have adult conversation. And then like when you're, you know, your person comes home and 
you know, you don't really have anything interesting to say besides how many diapers you changed that day or mm. like, you know, it's not a very great glamorous. Right. And it never stops because they're tired from work and they think they worked all day. Like and all you did was stay at home. Like, so you don't really ever get that break that you need to, or you feel guilty because they worked all day. And so you don't like go and get your nails done or your toes done or just go out for coffee. Um, or when you do, you feel guilty for going or you feel like, oh, my person's home. I should be spending time with them. So, but the kids are still there too and needing to be taken care of. It's, I mean, stay-at-home moms have a hard job and it's, it's really hard to explain until you do it every day for a long period of time, but they deserve mad props because I couldn't do it. She said, it's the most re rewarding job I've ever had. It's literally a 24 seven job. Yeah, it's like a 36 seven. If there's that many hours in the day. <laughs> I kind of wish there were more hours in the day. Me too. I don't. I don't. I just end up being stuck at work for more of them. Yeah, but wouldn't it be nice to have like a three day work week? Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. Even four. There's a lot of yeah, companies four. that I do, can do four. four. Yeah. Like five days, it's the you spend the bulk of your life at work. You ever think of that? AG spends like 95% of her life working, <laughs> but never leaving the house. Like, yeah, because and Carl spends like 20% of his life at work, <laughs> he's technically in the building though. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, Carl. I'll try to cover for you, buddy. We miss you, Carl. Just making jokes. <laughs> I gotta poke yeah. fun at him because he's not here. He can't defend himself. I kind of wish he would have come. He could have told us about his conference. That's the kind of stuff I I love. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Should I try to call him? And call see him. Let's answers. get him on the air, man. I'd yeah. love to get somebody on the air to see how it works out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like I'm gonna text some. I'm gonna get someone on a lot. Let's get some random person to click on this. Oh, all right, here we go. Well, I could talk about she recovers. That was amazing. Miami. Tell us, tell us about it. It was so cool because. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but women can be pretty mean to each other. And oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So here's like this conference where women are like supporting each other and, you know, there for each other. And it was so cool. And then like, you know, talking about things that we all needed to hear. And it's just, it was a fun time. It was something. Yeah. You know, uh, Brett was telling me the other day that he said if, if women ruled the world, none of the countries would be talking to each other. I don't think I said that. I don't know that. See, I don't know. I go back and forth by if the world would still exist or not because, you know, we hold grudges and then, like, attack 
opportune times. So would we like nuclear bomb each other or would we just like, I don't know. They do say women are good leaders though. All right. Oh, crap, crap. Oh, crap. Hang on. I got somebody. Ooh, bring them. Let's do this. I got them. I got them. Let's see if she's. Oh, crap. Did I send it? There would be war with me. <laughs> She's like that country's wearing the same thing I'm wearing. Bomb them. Mm-hmm. Y'all think you're funny. Bruce, where are you from, buddy? Florida. Women that attack other females are usually insecure and don't love themselves. That is true. Bridge is the one from the Kiss podcast, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's... And she's absolutely correct. Strong women build each other with love. That's true. So, like, even in the chat and stuff, don't you, like, Chrissy, Heather, Carrie, we all, like, we don't talk crap to each other. That's good. That's good. I mean, uh, I wish the whole world would operate under that philosophy. I mean, like uh, MLK said, you know, I, I choose love because hate's too great a burden to bear. I mean, that's that's the whole addiction end game is is to get you to hate yourself once you hate yourself you hating everybody else is easy everybody's suspect bridge do you want to come online with us tell us about the uh what was it the kiss podcast yep right on bruce that's what i'm talking about i mean it's rich it's amazing. One of the uh, things that I did in early recovery to take myself out of myself was to say hi to as many people as I could or good morning in the morning. You know, and, and people, it, it's amazing how people respond to you. They, they might not even be looking at you, but as soon as they hear you say good morning, they, they, they light up. Because you, because you never really know what somebody's going through. One kind word could change somebody's day. Well, they could ignore you too, but you did, you played your part. Well, and we talked about, you know, today being Cinco de Mayo, but it's also, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month. So, you know, like you said, you don't ever know what anyone else is going through. And I think it's important for a lot of people to feel like they're seen. A lot of people feel like they walk through their day all day long and no one ever really sees them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, it totally changed the whole way I, I looked at the people I was working with. I mean, our hospital is not that big. I mean, I think Charleston, we have between five and 10,000 employees at our main hospital and the local C-Box. So, you know, it's like, uh, but over the course of the, the three years, three, four years that I've been going to the hospital, it's like I've got to know almost, uh, you know, a lot of the people. That I never would have had a chance to meet 
if I would have kept to myself. You know, by showing that little bit of compassion and love, you know, they, they reciprocated. Well, when the last time somebody asked you what you wanted in life or what you wanted to do, what was important to you? Um, who would ask me? The only time I can remember is uh, Rob from the Recovery Today magazine interview. He actually asked me what I wanted, uh, I guess, to accomplish in life or uh, what I want to, to, in the future. You know, my answer was, you know, I, I want to change the world for to make it a better place because, you know, I've seen the, the, the dark side of, of life. Hang on, I got a moth flying around me. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it all starts with, you know, each person choosing to be a better person. Hey, Chrissy, you want to come on? Yes, Chrissy, come on. Chrissy, I'm sending you the link. It's your night to shine. And if you don't want to be on camera, you don't have to like, turn your camera on. You can just talk. Amanda says she'll be here in a second. She's pulling over. She was. I don't want to look like Jason. Jason, you want to come on? Come on, let's JR make it a big party. How, how many people? He's in the house. How you many guys don't people? have to have your camera on. How many people can we get on the stream? Um, I believe it's ten. Total. Ten. Ten. All right, Jason, come on, buddy. Let's talk, man. We miss you, Jason. Uh, Chrissy, where you at? All right, I'm sending Chrissy the link. Oh, Come he's on, eating Jason. dinner. What are you eating, man? I got my dinner right here. We can eat together. I hope it's something Cinco de Mayo-ish. Oh, he misses us, too. Are Jason, congratulations on uh, quitting smoking, buddy. That's huge, man. I don't know what, I'm, what I would have did in Vegas now. Why? What happened in Vegas? No, we were like uh, smoke buddies. You smoked, Jared? No. Then how were you smoking buddies? I don't inhale. What? <laughs> Two months and five days. That's big, man. That's longer than I made it. I think I made it three weeks. So no word no, from Randy at all? No. Hmm. I hope he's okay. Which, yeah, and I talked to him earlier. Yeah, <laughs> I do. He just got back from Africa, though, so I wonder if, like, the time thing maybe he fell asleep. It's it a could possibility. be. Yeah, it is a possibility. I mean, you told him, like, 30 minutes early before we started, too, so. 15, yeah. When I sent him a, a message on Facebook, it, like, you know how you can tell, like, if they get it? Like, you know how it. it's, like, there's a check. Please. Yeah. Yeah, like, so you know someone doesn't have internet if it, like, doesn't turn blue? Like, when the check turns blue, then 
and, and then it shows their face when they've read it. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't turn blue for like 30 minutes and then it turned blue, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's, I can check and see. Nope. It hasn't been read and it's as active three hours ago. So. Mm. Interesting. I mean, I was really looking forward to meeting him. I I remember him playing. I remember his playing days. Uh, not that I'm old or anything, but uh, I, was, I remember Tampa, I, re- I remember Tampa Bay in those days with uh, I can't remember who their quarterback was, but I remember uh, their running back um, and a few of the other players. I remember him too. I'm, his, I remember I had his his uh, football card and. He was like an all-pro center. Wasn't the their quarterback good back then? I want to say. No, I can't. Was it Testaverde back then? No, I don't Vinny think he Testa- was there for Vinny. I think Vinny was just Vinny's just coming on because I remember Vinny in high school. He went to uh, I mean uh, un- at college. He was at the University of Miami. I remember when Boston College threw that hail mary to beat them in that one game. It's like the greatest ending of a college football game ever. Well, then there's Trent Dilfer after. Yeah, Trent Dilfer. Oh, Jason. If you could have any talent, what talent would you want to have? All right, Brett, you're first. Oh, why am I first? I think you should be first. You haven't answered any questions. Okay, ask me one. If you could have any talent, what talent would you have? Um, I would say read minds, but I'm pretty good at that as it is. So let's see. I think flying would be fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. That I don't know if that's cool. a talent. Is that a talent or is that a superpower? That's probably a superpower. A superpower. Unless you're talking about like getting your pilot's license or something. Is, is that a talent? What well, that is I talent. Mean, you gotta take, it, it takes some talent, I would think, to operate an aircraft. How about you tell me what talent I should should have? Me what talent do I need? Or Jason? Both of you. No. Jason can answer too. What talent, talent should I have that I don't have? have. Mm. I should be a little more graceful. I'm pretty glutzy. Punctuality? <laughs> That's not a talent. That's a choice. <laughs> Ashley does want to go parasailing or jumping out of a perfectly good plane. True story. That skydiving is amazing. I mean, it is so quiet coming down from... You wouldn't think it would be, though. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. You'd think you'd be... Man, I had a trip. I, I was coming out the plane like this, like, come on. I thought it was going to be loud, like when you roll yeah. the windows down in a car. Yeah. So I was You've, done it. But, no. You've done it, too? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm so jealous. Ooh. So Jason would be like Prince. Ooh, that is a good one. I wish I could sing. Yeah. My voice sing. shattered windows. Yeah, I wish I could play an instrument. That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, you got the kazoo. I do have the kazoo, but I haven't mastered it yet. Yeah. Huh. I mean, best time. I, yeah, best time to practice is from like midnight to 3 a.m. Oh, good to know. <laughs> Not, no, he has a little child. That's, that's a bad time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh-huh. bad time. We'll do it. We'll, we'll practice together. I'll teach yeah. you the kazoo. Uh-huh. Oh, good. 
Good. This sounds great. My Maybe not in the wife, middle of the night. Oh, I'll get her a kazoo for Mother's Day. Ooh. No, no, no. Ooh, Chocolate the, is better. Or ooh, baby drum sets. Stuff. Do they make make baby drum sets? They mm -hmm. do. And my daughter loves drums. Really? Huh. Hmm. You should probably let me buy the drum set, the and you should not. We were at church the other day, and she was like mesmerized. And like we held her up there after the service, and she's just like watching. Amanda, welcome, welcome to, the, to show. the show. Hi. How you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Sorry I'm late. You're, you're just on time. time. Yeah, you're right on time. Who's got the echo? Not me this time, Brett. It's not me. Maybe it's me. Should I mute? Are you on a phone? Yeah. It's all good. I mean, yeah, it's all good. So uh, tell us about Wake Up about Carolina, Carolina, what you guys do, and tell us some of your story. Cool. Uh, so, okay, so I'll start with Wake Up. Um, so Wake Up Carolina is a recovery community organization. Um, so we started, um, our executive director, Nancy Shipman, um, unfortunately lost her son Creighton um, to the disease um, 2016. She saw a very big need um, in the community, <clears throat> being a mother, and um, she started our mom's group, and it just really picked up traction. Unfortunately, there's a lot of moms that have lost children or have children in active addiction. Um, that built into Creighton's house. Um, so we have the mother's group. We have a dad's group. We have a sibling's group, um, and then we have Creighton's house, which is our um, young adult meetings. And then I facilitate the compass, um, all adults, all recovery meetings, <clears throat> which I'm super passionate about because when I was getting sober, I felt like I didn't fit in anywhere. Um, I didn't like, I had tried 12 steps. It just, I, I believe in 12 steps, hundred percent. It just personally for me did not work. Um, so the all recovery, um, so when I got clean, I went, I started with Matt, so methadone, um, and that saved my life. So I believe in, you know, medicated assisted treatment, um, highly cause it saved me. Um, so that's why I'm really passionate about compass because we really incorporate all recovery, like all paths. There's no judgment, no strict rules, um, not that there's anything wrong with any of that, but just for my path, it fits well. Um, we also, so I am the HIV and hep C program, like assistant. Um, so we do free hep C and HIV testing, um, which is, you know, a big deal because uh, making it easy to get those kind of testing can save people a lot of health issues in the, you know, future um, and just knowledge. It's just, you know, knowledge is key and is power. Um, I also do peer support. So I have my CPSS um, and I do a lot of that, um, trying to get into it more. Um, so my recovery, we also actually, I want to mention our stepping stones program that we're hoping to start building up a little more lately. Um, so it's basically for women getting out of prison. You know, obviously a lot of us know what it's like to go to jail or prison. And when you come out, no matter how long you've been in, it seems like you have less than what you came in with. 
Um, so we are trying to build a really good program. So when they get out of prison, they have someone to pick them up, take them to get outfits for regular, just everyday outfits for clothes, shoes, um, but also job interview outfits, because that's obviously, um, a big, like, you know, struggle, um, setting them up with a phone for at least 30 days and a list of meetings. So not that anybody would hopefully use it as a cop out, but, um, making it so that you have an easy direct access to those things are crucial, obviously first getting out, um, everything's so different, trying to readjust, um, and then trying to help them with like temporary living situations. So they're in a safe situation and can focus on their recovery and sobriety um, and just getting their life back on track. So I'm really, really, really excited about trying to get that off the ground a little more. Um, so to get into my story. Um, so my sober date is February 1st of 2018. Um, I struggled with opiates for um about 10 years off and on. Um, the last two and a half to three years were a really hard run. That's where all my charges, petty larceny, a bunch of shopliftings kind of came in. Um, so growing up though, um, a lot of people have like those triggers or like, you know, childhood, like traumas. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm blessed and I don't, um, my mom is a nurse. My dad's a retired police officer. Um, I was very blessed with the life that I was given as a child, um, they're amazing. My family's amazing. Um, I met my, um, husband Kenny when I was 15 in high school on the bus. Um, and we got married at 18, first kid at 19. Um, that's when my addiction started. Um, I had a C-section emergency. I pretty much died, um, on the table, giving birth to her from complications. Um, and just long story short, when I got out and after the C-section, I obviously had pain medication. Um, so I took it when I needed it and then I didn't. So I quit taking it <clears throat> and I felt like crap for like three days until I was carrying her out of our house downstairs and it had rained and I had slipped and I tore apart like my incision. So I had to get it re-sewn, which led to more pain medicine. Um, and I started taking it and then I didn't feel like crap anymore. Um, unfortunately, because that led to taking it every day, um, unfortunately. So that kind of grew um, over the next three years. Um, I don't, I'm not going to specifically say who, but um, a very close in-law on my husband's side, obviously, um, fed us medication. They, um, they benefited from us both being very, very addicted they could control situations. And that's exactly what happened. So I got pregnant with my second daughter, Braylee, um, and had her in 2013. And luckily I said in my other life, I'm not going to say I was addicted. Um, at that point, I would say I was dependent, very dependent because I needed it and wanted it. But if I would have been in my addiction, I wouldn't have been able to stop taking it. I don't feel so pregnancy with Braylee. I quit. I quit taking all pills. I just quit. Um, but I realized there was a problem when I was so excited about having her and seeing her and all that was my number one excitement. But my second excitement was the Demerol shot that I was going to get right after. And I knew, okay, this is like, this isn't going to be good. This is a problem, you know? Um, but unfortunately the stigma was so great around everything that I didn't 
I didn't have the courage to speak out, to say anything, to admit it. Um, I didn't even know where you start looking for help and was, was I addicted enough to need it? So unfortunately after that, it built even worse. Um, 2015, I had a big loss. My aunt passed away giving birth to my little cousin, um, who I help raise now. And I realized then that if I took more opiates, um, it numbed. So not only was it herniated disc, bulge disc, all the things for pain, but now, unfortunately, I put together that I can mentally and emotionally numb as well. And that is probably when the real downward spiral picked up and took off. Um, a year later, my grandma passed away from lung cancer and it just increased. Uh, my use increased. Following that, my sister-in-law passed away um, in Ohio from a car accident. Um, and my husband's addiction got worse. And we made the connection that our neighbor was like, uh, he had oxy thirties just to be blunt. Um, and at that point we were taking, we were probably like orally taking maybe 90 milligrams of like oxy at a time, like at the most. Um, but very quickly within, I'd say two weeks, we were taking 150 to 180. Um, that started me snorting pills, um, because it was the last one. And he said, if I didn't do it, I didn't get it. So I snorted it, fell in love with it, you know, how quick. So that was even worse and built worse. Um, the neighbor had a connect that I got close with him and his wife. They were building a house. I started stealing from Home Depot, Lowe's, um, Bermuda grass seed, uh, the $200 electrical wire, um, and from how expensive I was going in and stealing $2,000 worth of stuff at a time. So I was getting like, you know, seven, $800 worth of pills at a time. So my addiction grew to about 300 milligrams that I would snort at a time, multiple times a day, more charges hit. Um, and then they started threatening me with enhancements, <clears throat> which they were saying was 90 days, like just off the rip. And I was like, oh my gosh, 90 days. Like I'm not built for that. <laughs> like I'm not built for a day. Like, no, 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 no. Um, so I realized I needed to do something, but I still didn't really know what to do. The methadone clinic, um, from what I heard was like a bunch of junkies that didn't care and were getting high still. That was the stigma. Obviously that's not true. Um, but that was the stigma and what I was told. So just within the last, like, you know, through all the addiction and the beginning and all the in-law stuff, part of the um, benefit of them keeping us addicted was that they would call DSS on us if we didn't do what they wanted. So I had been investigated like six times, never charged, never like permanently had my kids taken, very blessed to be able to say that. Um, but I was manipulative and I knew how to work it. So January of 2018, DSS got involved again. That was when all the charges, the 300 milligrams at a time, my husband and I were fighting like, holy, all get out. I mean, it was terrible. I hated him and I loved him, but our addictions were so bad that he used multiple drugs and I used one. So in my addicted mind, I was like, I'm not sharing like what I have with you when you're getting high off five things. That's not fair. Um, so we would fight this really, really bad fight. Um, so the end of January, I got hit with enhancements and was like, okay, something has to change. I'm, I'm, my dad's a cop. Every charge I get, I'm embarrassing him. 
more and more. I'm just tearing our name through the mud. Unfortunately, my sister um, is an active addiction to this day and she was getting felonies while I was getting misdemeanors. Um, so it was just really bad. And I just got, I got sick of it. I could not see, I literally could not see my life past that day. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine the next day. How am I going to get pills? If I don't get pills, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to lay, I'm, I'm going to lay down. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to be miserable and want to die. I'm going to be angry and like, you know, violent, like just crap. And I didn't want it anymore. And I got sick of the, I was like to the point where when I was going to steal stuff, I was driving and like crying, like bawling my eyes out, like crying because I didn't want to do it. I, this isn't me. I wasn't raised this way. Um, you know, my kids don't deserve what they're going to grow up to find out about me. Um, you know, my parents, my grandparents, my family, myself, I hated myself. Looking at myself was like, I've never hated truly despised anyone so much as the person I was looking at. Um, and so I got sick of it and I was like, I've got to do something. I didn't think that cold Turkey was going to work. Um, I tried it before and it worked for like a day or two, mainly cause I couldn't get anything. Um, not cause of my own like willpower. Um, and so I said, okay, well <clears throat> the methadone clinic, if it is everything that everyone has said it is, then I'll fit in great. I'm a junkie and I want to get high. So the worst that can happen is that it is what they say. And I am like I am today. So I'm going to give it a try. So I called, um, there were no beds for outpatient or inpatient or any, anything was like open. I was just getting like roadblocked everywhere. Um, which is another part of wake up Carolina that I love. Um, if somebody calls in and needs help, we will pull our resources and get a list of like five, six places that have beds and are in their like price range or what they can, you know, swing. Um, and then call them and give them a for sure list instead of them calling 30 places and getting discouraged in the runaround. Um, but anyway, so I didn't have that though. I didn't know about wake up at that point. So, um, I found the Charleston center. <clears throat> they were taking people two days later. So, um, I used that Tuesday. They said that I had to be sick when I got there Thursday, um, so I planned on being sober Wednesday, but couldn't do it. So I used not a lot, I but enough to not be sick. So when I went in Thursday, of course, I'd been an addict. So I knew how to, you know, legs shake in like, oh, my stomach hurts, like all the things. Um, so I played her. Um, and I'm not proud of that. That's not obviously I'm not proud, but I mean, it worked. I got in. And the first day they dosed me 30 milligrams and, um, I didn't feel great. It wasn't high, but, um, but I felt this glimpse of normalcy that I had not felt that I had not felt in eight, seven, eight years. Um, and so I was like, wow, this might work. So I decided my husband was very supportive. Unfortunately, he did not, he was not ready to get clean. Um, but so I stuck with it. I talked to my counselor. I was honest. Um, I went up on my milligrams when I could, you know, they watch you pretty close. Um, I stayed sober. Um, I started really trying to hold myself accountable, which I'd never done. <clears throat> Unfortunately, three months in, so the end of like May of 2018, um, my husband was killed, um, a hot shot to the side of his neck um, the day after our daughter's birthday. 
So I walked into our house. DSS was involved. So he wanted me to stay at my parents where because they were their protectors. So the kids had one of us. Um, so he was at our house. So I came over there to see him. We were going to hang out for a bit together and then go get our daughter to finish the birthday celebrations that we didn't fit into the day before. Um, when I got there, he was dead on the bathroom floor. Um, obviously it goes without saying that was the absolute worst, um, worst time of my life. Um, I knew he was proud of me, but when he, when everybody found out he died, I had people that I hadn't talked to in like years were that knew the weeks, like the amount of weeks sober I was. And the only way they knew that is my husband was so proud. He was talking about it. He was telling people and I didn't know that. So it gave me a little bit of a drive to, he was watching. Um, I believe, you know, that God gave me the conscience that made me cry and not want to steal to get high. Um, I believe he kept me alive for the reason like that I'm sitting here talking to you guys today, um, as well as my work at wake up and just my work at myself. Um, and it broke my heart, but I knew where he was and I couldn't disappoint him because now not only was God watching, not only was I watching, but my husband was watching. And if I used, it would be like my addiction, his addiction, his murder, everything was in vain. Um, cause if we would have both been clean, the murder probably wouldn't have happened because drugs wouldn't have been involved. We wouldn't have been around those people. Obviously when you get clean, you should change people, places, things. One normally doesn't equal success. Three normally is, you know, the only way to guarantee it, in my opinion. Um, but everybody's story is different. Um, so I, somehow I, I managed to stay clean between the methadone clinic, my counselor, friends, family, my kids, knowing my husband was so proud, I was able to stay clean um, and sober and built up at the methadone clinic um, to a therapeutic dose, started working again. Um, I, that's what the, that's the year that I found wake up. They were doing an overdose awareness event where people that have passed, they do a slideshow and luminary bags, um, for like a awareness event. And they had a number every year we get a sign made of how many lives were lost in the low country to overdose. And I realized that my husband was one of those numbers and it really put a fire under me that, um, if we would have had somebody, if we would have known about wake up, maybe, I don't know, you never know, but maybe we would have had a fighting chance. Maybe he wouldn't have died. Maybe he would have gotten clean. You never know. But if the stigma wouldn't have been so, so heavy and so huge surrounding all of these things, it, everything might be different. And I'm, I'm glad that I'm here today. I'm glad that I have the story I have because um, I feel like it will inspire people to be able to make it through terrible situations, um, you know, because if I can do it, anybody can. I mean, everyone says that's cliche, but it's true. If, if I can do it, um, anybody can. And I believe in every single person that's watching and could watch. Um, we all have it in us. Um, but I started volunteering with Wake Up. Um, and they asked me to co-chair the Compass meeting that now I facilitate. Um, I did that for a few months and loved it. The guy who was facilitated it went on to different things. So I took Compass over um, and I've been trying to grow it and just growing with Wake Up and just loving everything about recovery. The life I live today is a life that 
I would look at people and almost laugh like, you know, they have to be lying. There's no way that they were strung out like me and they were able to get it together and be that happy, happy about like life. Like how can someone be happy and not be high? I mean, that sounds crazy when you're not sober. Um, but it's so true. Um, you know, JR, you were at our silent auction this week before the last and or the last week. And we had mocktails, like there was, there was no alcohol and people were saying so many people said like, I have not like, look at all these sober people having fun. And we were, we had a absolute total blast and nobody was high. Nobody was drinking. Um, it was amazing. And I really just, my, my hope and pray of telling my story and sharing on as many platforms as I can, as many lives and organizations as many places as I can is that everybody will get that message that we all can do it. It's not easy, but it's not easy. It's not even a little bit easy, um, but it's so freaking worth it. It's so worth it. Um, you're not truly going to be living until you're sober and you've come you know, to your truth and you don't have to have alcohol and drugs to have fun. If you're surrounded by the same like-minded, amazing people, like the people that are on here with me now, the possibility and the fun is endless and it's real. It's not, it's not mind altering. It's not fake. You know what they say is real. It's real, genuine, clean, just fun. So yeah, I think that's pretty much the gist. Sorry, I tried to rush through it, y'all. You're okay. I have a couple, a couple questions, questions for, you. for you. Okay. Let's start, start with, with um, what does the what word does recovery, recovery mean to you? So recovery means to me um, being able to climb out of hell myself and purposely jump back in to go help people still struggling and having the opportunity to do that because I'm not clouded like they are at the moment. Um, it means not having DSS at my door every few months. It means my parents not worrying that I'm going to be a statistic and overdose and die any second. Um, it means no charges. It means expungements. It means endless possibilities. Um, it equals going on vacation and not having to plan. Is there a dealer? How am I going to get it? Where's the nearest hospital for a script? Um, it's endless possibilities. I love that. Beautiful. Recovery is endless possibilities. That's right. We need to put that on a shirt. I, I, want, I want a shirt. And then, so I heard you talk about how it was hard for you to find a bed. And that that was a part of what was important to you now. Do you believe that there's a window of opportunity when people are ready for help? And if we don't have beds ready, we lose people. Yes. Um, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, mainly for the reason that there are so many places to call. And I feel like normally, especially when you're spiraling and you're desperate, um, Luck and, luck and addiction is when you have 30 places, the first 25 are going to say no, and the last five are going to say yes. But by the time that you get to like the 15th one, you're discouraged and you don't think any of them are going to have it. So you give up. And 
when you are discouraged and trying to be clean, that is a spiral, a mental spiral that is very um, almost impossible to come back from because it doesn't seem like a possibility anymore. If I can't get a bed now, I know I can't stay clean on my own. That's why I need the bed. That's why I need detox. That's why I need treatment. Um, so absolutely, um, because that was my mindset. There's not a bed. I can't do it. So I just need to use until there's a bed open, but then you get back into the addiction spiral and then you don't want the bed anymore. Cause now you're, you're coping and you're almost content with your crappy addictive lifestyle again. Absolutely. Timing is critical when, when a, someone wants to enter treatment. I mean, if we can't get them into treatment within, you know, the next few hours of that, then most likely they will vanish and go right back to the streets. And we don't know if they'll ever be ready again. So you, I absolutely what you just said. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Then my third question is, do you believe relapse or recurrence is a part of recovery? Because I know that I hated that when they told me that in treatment, that relapse is part of recovery. And but I completely 100% believe that it can be part of, you can learn from those falls and it can be positive. Absolutely, Ashley, um, 100%, um, almost word for word what she's just said. Um, so um, it made me very angry at first to hear relapse is part of recovery. Um, because I feel like it almost gives somebody an out like, oh, well, it's part of recovery. I'm just going to relapse. I mean, it's part of recovery, y'all. Um, and it's, it doesn't have to be. Um, I think that if you if you're working your program or if you're opening up, if you're in mat, if you're doing the steps, um, there's still space to relapse. And I think that if you relapse, it is OK. Um, it is I don't I wouldn't. So the way I try to word it is I wouldn't necessarily say that relapse is part of recovery, but I would say that relapse can absolutely be a very um, common thing that happens in recovery. Um, it, it happens to a lot of people and getting discouraged, I don't think does anything. Um, if, if you, if you have this, if you're I think that when people, you don't have to go to meetings to be sober. You don't have to be in meetings to stay sober. Um, there's plenty of people who've done it without it. Um, but for me, I feel like if you are surrounding yourself with the right people, if you are in the right mindset, you're sober, um, you're not, you know, people, places, things. If you have changed your life and you have every aspect of recovery possible and you stay with that, um, I think a mental relapse happens first all the time. Um, I really believe that a mental relapse happens and sometimes don't even realize it. And that leads always to the relapse. Um, and which is devastating because it's very hard to, to see it sometimes. Um, but so I think that the best thing to do to avoid a relapse is to surround yourself with the right people who are like-minded and positive and will keep you in a positive mindset so that you don't get to the mental relapse and that you trust that if you are feeling like that, if you're wanting to use, if it's starting to come over you, you feel comfortable enough to be honest so that 
the recovery community can wrap you up and love you and support you and build you up so that you don't relapse. That was like a super long way to explain. Sorry. So would you agree that the opposite of addiction is connection? That's a hard, that's a hard question. Opposite of addiction is connection. Yes. Because when I was addicted, I was not connected to anyone. Um, I purposely disconnected. I know Ashley liked that answer. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm the same way. When you don't hear from me, that's when you need to worry. Yes. Because it's shame, you know? You start hiding. Exactly. You don't, shame yeah. and guilt. And I love that you're so proud about talking about Matt, because I think that that's an important thing people need to hear, that it's recovery. Yes. So, so tell me, uh, tell me more about uh, MAT. I know what it is, but I don't know the whole process. I know you're you're doing uh, the the methadone or the suboxone or the other things, but do they also do the counseling? I'm guessing that's part of it. What kind of meetings and all of that? So, um, so obviously everywhere's different. Um, but so I. Um, I don't mind saying um, I go to crossroads um, treatment, like the clinic now. And um, so the Charleston center is where I started and they were a little more strict. Um, When I started you like half, like you do not dose if you do not have your counselor appointment, which is supposed to be a solid hour. Um, When I started, it was every two weeks. Um, Then as it progressed, it was like every month. Um, and you didn't dose if you didn't do it, like you didn't, there was no way to go around it. Um, so now at crossroads, I do see my counselor twice a month. Um, but it's like, however long it lasts, I'm four years, you know, in sobriety now. So, um, I've kind of gotten through a lot of things. So, um, I've kind of finished all their papers and all their work. They have workshop like papers that they do of, um, just like, so you can like see your progress and like, papers to make you realize if you're in that mental relapse or, um, help you decide how, how do you deal with triggers? How do you, um, what did you change? What did you think? You know, what are your goals? Things like that. Um, so work worksheets for like workshops, um, recovery workshop worksheets, I guess, um, counseling. Absolutely. They do random drug tests, um, which is very random. Um, and they do like, um, like urine test and oral, um, So, and, and they wash you, um, the nurses, you have like bottles and part of the, they're very big on accountability. So if you have take home, which is like a little bottle, like this big, and it has your medicine in it, which you, that's like a privilege. So you have to build up to your take homes, obviously, um, which you can get up to two weeks at a time if you've been clean and sober and, you know, clean urines and all that, um, which is awesome. Um, I could have had my two weeks, like two years ago. Um, I actually choose to go to the clinic Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, not because I feel like I need it for me, but because it's a very good opportunity to talk to people there and try to help them and spread the message and spread recovery and hope, um, you know, against the odds, hope to the hopeless. So, um, 
it's a huge thing that I really try to live by. So any opportunity I have to be around anybody who is addicted or recovering, um, I really take the chance. So, um, so that's kind of part of it. They have met. So methadone is what I take. Um, so it's liquid. Um, they do have suboxone. So the strips, um, and then a lot of the clinics also offer Vivitrol, which is a shot. Um, and Sublocade is another form. Um, I think I said that right. Um, so there's a lot of, not I wouldn't say a lot, but there are a good handful of options. Some people are scared of methadone because, um, you know, with everything, if you, if you're not in the right mindset, you can abuse anything. I mean, people overdose on Advil for goodness sake. Um, but you know, Suboxone is a little more, um, so I'm allergic to something in it, so I couldn't do it. It wasn't an option for me. Um, but it will make you very sick. It's supposed to make you very sick. If you were to use, um, there's a lot of like rules around it. You have to be a certain amount, I think like three to five days sober before you can start on Suboxone because it will put you in like withdrawals, like badly. Um, so methadone is, um, I don't, not recommend any of it. I think every, uh, you know, I've said before, every single one is an amazing, amazing, amazing opportunity and option. Um, but methadone for me and for a lot of people that I've come in like contact with seems to be the best to start at least because um, as long as you're there on an intake day, um, which they have at least two a week, I think everywhere has at least two a week. Um, it's, it's, it's going to work and you don't have to wait. If you use the day before, that's okay. You can still start that day. Um, it's not going to hurt you or you're not going to overdose. Um, they start you at a very low dose. So it's very safe and you build up very slowly, but to your therapeutic dose, um, they have blood tests that once you get to like, I think, I'm not sure if it's a hundred or 120 milligrams. Um, but they do blood work to see how your body's metabolizing it to, um, just to basically make sure that, um, you know, you're not abusing it, um, that your body's, you know, you know, using it the right way. Um, and that you're not taking more than you're supposed to, cause they can see, you know, your levels. Um, so I, I really support the path because, um, well, I know a lot of people, they say that their, their excuse for not agreeing with Matt would be that it's trading one drug for another. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be rude and even disagree. Um, but what I will say is that <clears throat> since I got on methadone, um, I have been a bomb mom. I have been a present mom. I have been a, in your face, what are you doing? I guess I'll cut up that fruit instead of giving you a pop tart mom. Um, I was a better wife just in the three months. I wasn't a liar. I didn't, I haven't, I don't steal. Um, I haven't got charges since I got clean. Um, the police that arrested me, um, at the silent auction, I had in tears, we had each other in tears because of how proud he was. I'm making, I am a good person and I wasn't when I was using, um, and I'm functioning and I don't, I don't get high. I use it the way it's intended and I make sure that I follow, the, the rules. I mean, I hate to say rules, but I follow what needs to happen to stay sober and make sure that I don't fall under any close to relapse rock. You know, um, I make sure that I'm very honest with myself. I hold myself accountable <clears throat> and 
I believe that Matt is very much so a very important part of the recovery community because some people just can't cold turkey it. Some people, 12 step just doesn't work. And the goal is to live. The goal is to not die. The goal is to be happy again, to live truthfully and happily and not be disgusted with yourself. And that's what Matt gave me. Okay. I agree. Anything that improves someone's quality of life, it is, it's, I mean, to me, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, if, if switching from crack to weed, you know, improves your life, then I'm all for it. If you ain't out there selling and pawning all your stuff, I mean, I mean, I know a lot of hardcore, uh, Recovery people disagree, but I mean, if it improves your life, it's worth it. Exactly. And that's, that's another reason why, you know, I mentioned with Compass, if you smoke weed and that's how you're sober, come on in. If you stand on your head for eight hours a day because it changes your blood flow, I don't, I don't know, whatever, come on in. Um, meeting people where they're at is going to be the best bet to help anybody, no matter where they're at in recovery. Um, sometimes people in recovery aren't the biggest people that you need to go for is the people who are considering being in recovery because stopping everything is scary and knowing that you can go somewhere and maybe, maybe somebody drinks instead of shooting heroin drink. I mean, I'm not going to be like, yeah, go drink. But I mean, I'm not going to look at you any different. I'm just glad you're not shooting heroin. I'm just glad you're alive. And whatever your process is, I'm going to respect because it is not my place to tell you how to recover. I recover very, very loudly, as you guys can see. And I say it a lot on my Facebook. I recover loudly because silence kills. And I refuse. I refuse. Nothing in this world other than God himself, literally, could shut me up because I refuse to be somebody who does not scream from the rooftop. I'm a recovering addict. I was a piece of crap and now I'm not. And I want to help you. If you want help, please come to me, please message me, call me at work, whatever, come to my meetings. I will do anything in my power to help anybody, no matter where they are, active addiction, sober in the middle of both. Everybody is important. And sometimes you just Sometimes active people in active addiction need that person to jump back into hell to teach them how to climb out. They might not be sober yet. They still need help. Sometimes they just need someone to uh, listen to them. Yeah. I think it's important to note, like I put in the chat, Sam says working definition of recovery is recovery is a process of change through which individuals improve their health and wellness to live self-directed lives and strive to reach their full potential. Nowhere in that definition does it say sober. Does it say clean? Does it say Matt's not allowed? Does it not? Does it say you have to do 12 step? Does it say you have to go to X, Y, and Z and do one, two, three? Like that's not anywhere in the definition of recovery. I love that. I love that definition. Absolutely. Ashley's the president of Florida NAMI. Well, it's a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to call her El Presidente. You don't have to call I will. Her. I will. El Presidente. See, I can say it. It's a 
It's an honor meeting you, trust me. She is a mobilized recovery superstar, along with Jason Rudine, who's in the uh, chat. That's so cool. And, you know, you told me about that, JR, and then you sent that email, and I did. I asked, I did the request for them to stop that bus on in here, and I uh, I applied for, like, the little virtual, like, you know, thing that they had, because I really was, like, super intrigued by, like, everything to do with it. I researched it for, like, an hour and a half. I was like, I love this. I love this. Yeah, you meet some amazing people. That's share fun. your passion, man. And you learn stuff from all over and different things that are going on. And it's awesome. Like-minded people. And we're also different, too. Yeah, Marshall Mercer got lucky. I won't be able to get him on his there, So we have to wait another year for our spades game. <laughs> Yeah, knowledge is power. That's that's how I I look at it. Um, Nancy always says, you know, you don't know what you don't know. You know, I mean, you just don't. So, the the more knowledge, the more ideas, the more, um, you know, the more like the different ways that people think is so interesting to me because it really does open up your mind to new things and. If you know, if you haven't heard of Matt and and like I said in my story, I heard bad things. So I probably stayed using for two years extra because I was so worried about the stigma over Matt. Um, so that's one reason why I'm very like Matt. Matt's recovery. Matt is amazing. Uh, Matt saves lives because it does. And if I would have known that, you know, who knows the difference? But um, and you know what, my path is my path, and I'm. I am so passionate and so proud of it. Um, it's a very difficult path, but, um, you know, if I, if God wouldn't have put me through all these storms, y'all, I wouldn't be able to sit here and connect on levels with so many different people. I mean, you know, lived experience is the best experience to me for, for somebody, um, to get the gist and to feel the most supported. There's just stuff that the four of us know and we've experienced that we could sit down for 25 years and put this crap into books and nobody's going to be able to study it and, and explain it the way we can and understand what people are saying like we can because lived experience is it's key, you know, I mean, I respect people who have not lived it and who want to understand don't I don't want to come off wrong. Um, they're amazing to want to be part of this, right? I'm, I'm truly, I mean that, but lived experience sometimes is the key to really connecting with somebody on a deeper level to really reach them. Amen. Well, and I think that we need to take a minute to recognize like, you know, I'll have my five years, God willing, you know, at the end of May. But I can't tell you that I put three days a week into my recovery like you do. Still, you know, like you said, you're, it's, you're about four years. Three days a week, you're still going. You know, like a lot of people look down on Matt. Look at the amount of work that you've had to do. And you still are doing. So everyone else that's doing Matt is having to do that work too. And that's something to be respected. 
Sorry, I'm echoing, so I'm like throwing myself off. It's like, I'm trying not to interrupt. <laughs> but I, I agree. Um, it drives me, and I do have people look at me like I'm crazy, just so you know. Like, I, why, why the heck are you here? Like, they know I've been clean. They know that I have clean urines. Like, why wouldn't you take the two weeks and go? Like, go. Because um, I get up at five, like 4.30, 5 a.m. on those days. Um to get ready and go to the clinic um, so that I have time to get my war paint on, which I do not have on my makeup, but don't judge. Anyway, um, I normally do today, you know, it's not a clinic day y'all. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, yeah, right. Minds that you see mine. Um, but you know, to get there, to get makeup on, to wake up, to just get into the, the vibe of things and get like, you know, powered up. So that when I get out and I go into that clinic, if I see somebody, how are you? Like, um, I've got my compass and my HIV posters on the bulletin board. My cards are there. If I see somebody, I will have 30, you know, I need, I work every, you know, every day and I have to be there at like 930. So I, I really try to give myself at least two hours. And I know that sounds really long, but some days I just BS and talk to the security guard or, you know, whoever, listen to music or whatever. But um, but some days that two hours is full. Um, I'm like panicking that I'm not going to have enough time to get through because there's certain people that I'll see. Um, and some, and I can tell when they're walking up, you know, that they need it. And I love my job, but because I do have such an amazing job, if something comes up and I'm late because of that, they're like, no, you stay and you make sure you get that message across because that could be life changing. Um, so I, I do, I do get crazy looks. Um, but I truly, when I say I love it, um, I genuinely love it. I mean, talking about addiction is the most beautiful thing I, th I think I could ever discuss. Um, because there is a stigma and I just love like punching someone in the face verbally, you know, over it, like, <laughs> no, you're wrong bam, you know, here's the statistics, here's the education, because being uneducated about something um, obviously makes you sound ignorant, and um, it can make you look down on people, and if there's one thing that, that I just want to scream and confess to the world, it is that recovering addicts are the strongest, smartest, most amazing warriors that you could ever be blessed and lucky enough to run into, there is nothing that we really haven't faced that we are so smart. We've had to think about being an addict and needing drugs, but how to talk ourselves out of charges, how to make mom think we're not using dad knows we're using, but we're convincing him that we're not because we're so damn smart. You know, like, um, how am I going to get the, the dope man to front me when he knows that I'm not going to pay him back for six months? I mean, crazy things. Right. But, but we're just smart. We've had to, we've been in crazy situations and, they, I, I've never met anyone as smart as a addict or and recovering addict. They are the strongest people I've ever met, and I stick with that wholeheartedly. I love Nancy. I love Wake Up Carolina. I mean, I've been friends with Nancy, their uh, executive director, for a couple years now, and she, she, she's as solid as you can get. I mean, please tell her I said that tomorrow. I will. I will. She, and she is, you are, you are so right. She is, um, by far one of the strongest, most amazing human beings that, um, that I have ever, I've ever known. 
um, to turn something so tragic into something so beautiful, helping so many people um, is insanely beautiful. Um, and um, I will absolutely tell her. We, we talked about you the other day, um, how awesome and all the things you're doing, JR. Um, and how blessed I was. I was so, when I saw you, you know, I was like, you're, are you JR? Like, I have to meet him. Like, you know, I've seen you on Facebook so much. And I was like, no, that's him. I've got to talk to him. I just cut, I cut one of the other girls out. I was like, I got to go over there. Um, <laughs> you know, cause you really, I mean, you're, you know, your name is, it's huge around here and it's for a good reason. Um, you know, all of you guys are such powerful people and I feel really blessed that y'all let me come on with you tonight. Well, if you, you hear him uh, talking about Redbeard, that's him right above you. And AG, that's her right next to you. Those are the superstars that put it all together. He's, he's a superstar too. Don't let him lie to you. But, so I just heard from Randy, you know, he just got back from Africa and he had jet lag when he got home from work. But I think, honestly, this was meant to be, the jet lag was meant to be. I think we needed to hear Amanda's story. And I think that everyone listening probably needed to hear her story. So I'm very glad it worked out the way it did. Yeah. I mean, uh, if we can help you plug your uh, compass meetings, please um, tell us. I mean, I've got a little bit of juice around town. Yeah, um, abs I mean, absolutely. I know um, Heather, and I've seen her comment. She's this the sweetest, most beautiful thing. Um, Heather was sharing it. I know you shared it. Um, you know, it's not even about like the numbers. Um, I mean, the numbers are great, obviously. You know, you get proud of numbers, of course, but... Uh, it's the reach. It's just wanting, wanting people to know, even if they don't come, I just want everyone who needs to know, who needs a safe space, who needs a non-judgmental, no strict rules, crosstalks, fine, every, all paths. I just want people to know that there's a space. And when nobody shows up, I don't leave. If I have nobody there, I sit the entire hour and wait, because what if somebody shows up? And that's the, that's the, helping hand that they needed to be successful. So even if somebody's late, I will be there. Um, and you know, my number is on the thing that you shared my work number, you know, peer support, if somebody's in a bad place and they can't make it to the meeting, I don't want anyone to hesitate any, any hour, all the time. Recovery is a top priority um, to me. It is the, it is the top priority. I love my kids. I love my family. But if I wasn't in recovery and sober, I probably wouldn't have them. So um, I put God in recovery, you know, right up there together. Um, and I, I want to be that voice for somebody. I'm, I'm there. So any, anything you want to share about it, um, me, my everything, I'm down for all of it. Yeah, I'd really like to get you guys to go up to uh, Andrews. She mentioned it yesterday. Um, I was up there for a uh, library thing, and and she talked about it. And I was like, I'm still waiting to hear back. And I didn't answer. I didn't even. I forgot all about it. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm going to be so blunt. I completely forgot. So okay. tomorrow morning, I will make sure that I talk to Nancy about it because I personally, I would love. Um, you know, right now our reach is like very much so like low country. Um, but we, we are not, you know, we want to reach as many people as we can. So, um, definitely, even if it's just me, you know, going, um, you know, and 
providing whatever, you know, I would love to talk to her. So tomorrow morning, first thing I'll talk to Nancy about it and just make sure that, you know, her and I are on the same page. Okay. Yeah. Share your stuff. Even though I'm in Florida, I'll share it. Thank you. What you're doing is amazing. And the fact that you wait just in case someone comes, because, you know, we're all late. So. Brett, you want to answer that one? If we're always, if we're all always late. Okay. I'm the only one that's late. (laughs) I think it's a Grimes thing. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It might be a woman thing because girl, I'm always late too. (laughs) I'm late always. I be late to my own funeral as they say. No shame. No shame. Hashtag. Hey, hey, it was funny. I was doing the uh, uh, Jeanette, uh, Janine's uh, podcast the other day, and she told me, what time did she tell me? 7.30, I think, right? Was it 7.30 or 10.30? Maybe 10.30. Uh, It was California time. I'm sitting at my computer at 10.30 Eastern time. Where the hell is she at? They, against the odds, they do like they're an hour behind me, and so I have to like every time he's like eight p.m. and I'm like no 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 nine nine Phil nine, but I'm like oh wait it's eight for him oh oh not nine for me nine for me, um and it it was really hard at first I'd be like I'd sit there and be like where is he at and then I'm like oh my gosh he's not here yet like what and I've met amazing people through there and I'm messaging like where's everybody at like what is did I miss something girl we've got 45 minutes and I'm like you you don't think Minnesota I mean that just doesn't I don't know it just doesn't seem like that's far enough to be a whole hour yeah everybody should be on eastern time it makes it so much easier yes let's let's uh let's advocate for that but it's good you said that because remember I told you you connected me with Janine and I go with her May 22nd um, she's interviewing me because you gave me, you know, her information. Um, so it's good to know because I'll make sure now that I clock the time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not and sitting there too. Fine. There you go. <laughs> well, since Sunday's Mother's Day, what are you going to be doing for Mother's Day? Mother's Day. Um, you know, it's pretty simple. You know what I do? My birthday, you know, was April 30th and I literally just sat at the house. Um, so I have a, uh, she'll be 12 next month, Kinsley. I have an eight-year-old Braley. And then I help raise my seven and a half-year-old cousin, little boy, Stacy, and my three and a half-year-old niece, Alyssa. So I stayed at the house all day with them, um, hearing happy birthday 15,000 times. Um, I'm on a keto diet, trying to lose the sober weight. Um, and my mom bought special keto birthday cake and icing and cupcake like mix, which was super sweet. And we made that, um, I went live for the first time with against the odds. That was the first time I ever told my story. Um, that was like nerve wracking. But as soon as I got started, I was just like, I I told JR, I'm like, I just felt like I was on fire. Like I just, I want to, I want to keep saying it over and over and everywhere. Um, And so I think I just do the same thing, you know, just spend time with them, even the ones who, you know, I might not biologically be their mother, but um, I feel the shoes of a mother. So just embracing the time with them that 
knowing years ago on Mother's Day, I would be out hustling, you know, selling, you know, stolen stuff to get pills. So now it's just really humbling. And I just sit there and realize that I'm clean and I'm with them and I don't have to leave and I don't have to do anything. Um, I purposely remind myself of really bad times to humble myself so that I never forget how terrible it was. Well, I hope you have an amazing Mother's Day because you deserve it. Thank you. You have kids? Mm-hmm. I have a 12 and a 14-year-old. Oh, so I hope you have an amazing because you deserve it because I have heard many things. Actually, JR mentioned you um, in a comment. I think he said the AG rule or something like that. Um, and you were like, is that a thing? Um And I just, I've seen like your name pop up and so many people mention you and it's amazing things. So you're doing just as much as I'm doing. And it's, it really is a pleasure to know you guys. Well, thank you. It takes a village. Takes us all. Yes. The AG rule. Yeah. Isn't that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Make sure your phone and your laptop's powered up. Yes. Yeah, because my phone died. I was like, I just got through my story. Like, I had, like, literally got through my story. And they were about to sing happy birthday and, like, ask questions. I was so excited to interact with everybody. And I'm like, oh, Phil, I got to get my charger. And I had the family emergency, so I wasn't at home. I mean, you know, but it was like I just really wanted to do it. And it just felt, like, heavy on my heart that I needed to do it. So I was just winging it at a grocery store, like, Starbucks spot. (laughs) Um and it cut off, and I was like, ah. So when he said that, I was like, that's a that's a good rule. And I have my charger right now. Yeah, we have, uh, I believe Phil's coming on the show pretty soon. I'm, I'm excited about to hear his story. I mean, he's, I mean, a watch just blow up, and I'm like, he's got a good message. Absolutely. He, um, I originally found him from Justin McFadden with the Hope Shot. Um, he was going on against the odds to tell his story. And um, I was watching Phil and he was like electrifying, you know, he was like on fire, like, and so religious. And I had just got to the point where like, um, you know, with my husband's like death and all, I kind of had lost my faith a little bit. And I was really wanting to like find myself again, um, religiously, especially. And so it just like all like, you know, it just all clicked Um, and so I started talking to Phil and like being on the lives in the morning. And that's how I met Heather, my sweet Heather, um, and so many other, like just absolutely amazing people. Um, so I'm a moderator on against the odds page. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. There's a lot of us actually that I've noticed liking a lot of your stuff. There's a lot of us that are like overlap, which is really amazing because like you know ashley said it takes a village and we do so much better together than separate yeah we're better together absolutely what a brett what's the opposite of addiction connection (laughs) i love it well thank you for joining us amanda Thank you guys for having me. I really enjoy anytime you just send that little quick message. Anytime I'm at a gas station. (laughs) Hopefully it's in a safe area. It is. I promise. Oh yeah. Thank you for coming. And I'm so glad you got to tell your story because I think you being here was meant to be. Me as I do as well. And um, I'm going to send you a friend's request so we can stay connected. 
I'm actually filling out the questionnaire for Against the Odds right now. Oh, good. See, so I'll see you soon. I'll make sure that I accept it. It'll come over my phone as soon as you accept it, or as soon as you, soon after you send it. And I'll be like, oh, that's my new friend. Accept. That's yeah, a good friend get, to have. Yeah. We're going to get AG on uh, Phil's show here soon. And Brett, they have a little competition going. We do? Competition? What? What's this? Sorry, I was answering the questionnaire. What competition? Me and you are in competition or something. For podcasts or something. Oh, Ian's here. Long time, buddy. It's been so long since we've seen Ian. Yeah. He must have a I was just from Miami. Going back to Miami. Yeah. Right. It, it's a song. I don't have that one queued up. <laughs> Are we allowed to still play Will Smith? Oh, no. He was, in, he was in Facebook jail. Doing hard time. Hard time, Ashley. You don't don't cross that line. Yeah. He start, yeah, you start breaking Facebook rules. The Zuck will get you. I think he broke more than Facebook rules. <laughs> yeah. So what, else, uh, what do we got? going on i can't remember as far as like announcements and stuff is that what you're asking about yeah, yeah they yeah, just uh, uh released the recovery, recovery today, today magazine issue and i think chrissy was sharing it today on a few pages nice <laughs> i don't have a slide for that sorry oh yeah no birthdays Brett, Brett, do I got to say it? One job. You had one job, buddy. I gave you 30 seconds notice, man. First the song, now the birthdays. Hey, he showed up with the beard, though. I mean, he, he did that. The beard is, like, quite impressive. It looks nice. Yeah. I am going to get those T-shirts made. I am. That's your one job. It's on my list. Ooh, how far down the list? My 10,000 projects. I hate to go, but my mom's calling. My baby's awake. No so problem. I got to go. It's Thank you guys so much. Thank you for coming. Thank you guys. It was a pleasure. I hope to talk to you all soon. Okay. Definitely. Bye, y'all. Right. Good night. Do you want to sign us off, Brett? Because it's 10 o'clock. It's my kid's bedtime, too. I, I got to say goodnight. Do we want to answer Ian's question real quick before we sign Our off? sponsor asked me, what does manage mean? He's talking about um, maintenance, recovery maintenance, like the pre-contemplation, contemplation, action, maintenance. Is that is that where he's at? Uh, I'm manage. hoping he'll elaborate a little bit in the comments. Yeah, we need more information to answer this question, Ian. Can you? Yeah. Add some more words, please. If no wrong answers. But we... In our thread, she, she just dropped something on us. And we're like, what is he talking about? What does manage mean? No wrong answers. I don't know. To me, it means keep me in line. JR manages me. Brett manages me, Carl manages me. Somehow I'm still 
to manage. I'm still not following. I guess it's about the first step. The first step. Admitted I was powerless. Brett, this is for you then. For me? Oh, man. I'm, I don't know if I'm the right one to ask. Um, I, The way that I'm interpreting the question is I think... I think he's talking about in the literature where it's talking about managing our drug use or managing our drinking. Um, I think that's what he's referring to um, and what it would mean to manage it. Um, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. See, I'm taking it as, cause it's, you know, you're powerless. So how do you stop having to control your life and give Oh, the power away, managed. like stop managing oh, yeah, yourself yeah. and give it away. Um, what it's the of unman? Oh, your life has become unmanageable. Oh, that makes a little bit more sense there, Ian. Okay, so they're saying what's okay, so unmanageable means you can't control life and everything going on around you, and you know, chaos and. So manage would be, so what does a managed life look like? Like you're going to work, you're there for your kids. Am I on the right track, Ian? You're working whatever program you have. Like we were talking about earlier, balance, a balanced life. Respond. He said responsibility. Yeah. Respond. To being a productive member of society. So, like, unmanageable would be active addiction, and managed life would be recovery life. He said, "Yes, balance, homeostasis." You know, you got the doctor there talking about homeostasis. Anytime, Ian. Anytime. We love you, too. I don't have any good sound effects for that. Sorry. Hey, Grimes time. Oh, I forgot that was up. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. You're welcome. You're very It's welcome. a thing now. The Grimes time and the AG roll, those are things now, obviously. <laughs> and neither one is positive. The ones you need to have your charger. <laughs> the other ones you're gonna be late. I also have a new. I have a new sound effect for Carl when he rejoins the show. Oh, can we do his bacon one? Oh yeah, please have, just give us one. I have, I have a bacon version two now. Two point mm -hmm. Beta. I don't think I've played this one yet. Man, Johnsonville bacon is the best bacon you can get around. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when you cook it, it doesn't really get small. And it doesn't shrivel up on you either. That's what she said. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, that's funny, that's, man. That's the new version two of the Carl Bacon bit. Yeah, he loves some bacon. It doesn't shrivel up and it doesn't get small. Hey, I was in the pool. That's what she said. <laughs> we don't need to hear that. Brett, 
You want to close this out so I can say goodnight to my kids? And then here's, yeah, and here's here's my other one for Carl when he goes on his rants. Two hours later. Three hours later. Four hours later. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if you guys are watching us, please be sure to subscribe to us on youtube and turn on your notifications so you know when we're going live which is every thursday but you know occasionally we are running a few minutes late hashtag grimes time (laughs) we're working on a new segment of the show called ask doc marty if you guys are interested in leaving questions for doc marty you can leave the voice messages at speak to us slash rrl and I think Carl's working on a little a little web page for that that'll have some more details as far as what all that's going to look like and the kind of questions, because I know that he wants to put in there about not, um, I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but it not being medical advice, but just kind of some general advice. So if you have some questions for Doc Marty, you can do that. You can leave those here on the Speak to Us link. And I think that's everything. You got anything else for us, JR or AG? Ian, you could take advantage of the, you could be actually be our first one to do the Ask Doc Marty. Uh, can you show the uh, the link for that, Brett? Boom. There it is. Boom. I like that. Yeah. So do that. And come back next week on Thursday for another episode of Recovery Revolution Live. And remember, guys, it's all about progress, not perfection. And all the moms have a happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day to the moms out there. Happy Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) Go get a taco or something. Noise. Noise. Emotional damage. That, was another one. that one didn't. That one didn't quite clip right. But have a good night, everybody. We'll see you next week. Night.